Hi, I'm Dave. And I'm Claire. And welcome to My, My Mate Reckons, the show where we teach you and each other about whatever you want to know about. Or whatever things we are curious about. As usual, there is some language and there's also some, uh, well, we talk about hypnosis so we end up talking about therapy, which means we end up talking about how to treat trauma. We don't go yeah. into great detail. No, there's um, a mention but... of sexual abuse. Indeed. But no sex jokes this week either. That's no. two weeks in a row. Oh... We're falling apart. We're letting the team down. Oh, we're getting just more mature and more sophisticated. No. Finally maturing into no. the podcast that we know you deserve, <laughs> listeners. Poo bum we fall off so funny. <laughs> Is that something you would ever do? Hypnosis. No, run drugs. <laughs> like, do you think it's worth it <laughs> for the money? Um, no, I think it's too dangerous. Dangerous. Yeah, you're probably right. But you do hypnosis. <laughs> yeah, I do hypnosis for sure. Yeah. Do you want to do hypnosis, hypnosis more now? Four drugs. Four drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just look at like the barley nine, or like. I, I tried, just tried related. to make a link in my head between the Bali 9 and <laughs> hypnosis. And I was like, what? <laughs> uh, we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, David. <laughs> hello. Uh, today we're talking about hypnosis. Why did you want to know about hypnosis? Um, because I want to know <laughs> if it's a thing. Yes. And I want to particularly know because um, I looked at... Um, like, I had a phase in my life where I was really interested in Darren Brown, mm. who's a British illusionist slash mind guy, hyper-rationalist, but who... Um, a mentalist? A mentalist, yes. Because I did some research about mentalists. And I've he's gone very, down many pathways. He's very impressive, and he's also very open about his methods of, of manipulation and so yeah. on. Um, they used to be called magicians. They thought it was part of, like, magic, that mentalists... Um, they're, they're super intuitive and yeah, their right. mental abilities that they would be called, that it was a form of magic. But a lot of contemporary mentalists are now like, no, it's about... It's about... Reading. Reading and manipulating. People and manipulating body language and using your, like, subliminal communication. Because I... It's really from... An, my interest is really from an ego point of view. Because you want to manipulate people? You Always. But, um... <laughs> That I feel like I have my own assessment of myself, which mm. is very poor, mm-hmm. is that I have too much of a, like, strong will and a protectionist, like, defense that I would be a shit subject. That it wouldn't work for me. Oh, hypnosis wouldn't work for you. Yeah, that's my presumption. Because you would be too skeptical. Yeah, or I'd, I'd just be too, like... I can't shut off my own brain, mm. so I don't know how somebody else is going to manage. But you, I think you would be susceptible to it because you have done a lot of um, meditation. True. And that is essentially the space it's that the it lives thing. in. It's essentially about being in a trance. So you're still conscious and you're still aware of things, but you're in a do-do-do-do space. Yeah, so the idea that we have about it, because I didn't know very much about it at all. No. Um, and now I've gone down many a rabbit hole 
probably ineffectually actually and could have done more research um hey mate don't don't, don't beat yourself up <laughs> put that put that cat nine tails down stop whipping yourself over the back the research you've done is enough it's great um <laughs> yeah because it's what was i saying um it's uh effective ineffective against me it's gone oh no because you've done so much meditation yeah right and you went down a very deep meditation path i did um you say that wearily <laughs> i did I'm, well i'm reminding myself that i was better at it. i'm i'm in a phase of my life now where i'm not meditating because yeah, you I had should. literally no time i did in true um i would have more time if i meditated mm, or time would cease to be a concept of relevance because you would be calm because i would be calm <laughs> Because time is just an imposition on the mind. Psyche? Anyway, yes. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. No. So the idea, the Hollywood idea. This is what I say. Hollywood idea of like, watch this. Watch the watch, waving you're clock. You're getting very yeah, yeah, yeah. sleepy. Now act like a chicken. I guess that's part of it. Yeah. But essentially, um, what it is, uh, is you you get into some kind of trance like state a, re- a state of relaxation yeah and then through relaxation suggestibility so yeah. the, your brain is relaxed and then through heightened imagination um, kind of like daydreaming you are then able to be um, told things or be able to it basically speaks to your subconscious brain yeah above your like inception. Your conscious brain. Yes. Yeah. So it's like your conscious brain is the one that controls. It's super inhibitive. Yeah. It wants to keep you safe. Yeah. It's the one that feels embarrassed. But your subconscious brain is the one that's constantly like problem solving. Yeah. It's super creative. So hypnosis hits that part of your brain. It's also where your like memory can access memories in yeah. your subconscious, um, which is why some people who have done hypnosis have hit memories that they have forgotten um, before or repressed memories can come out when you are in this relaxed state. Right. So it starts, there's a, there's some weird like colonial whitewashing of, of what this is, no, I think. Really? I know. How unlike How us historically. we would do that. So anyway, there's a guy, it's, we're in the 1700s. Right. And a guy named Frank Mesmer. Um, mesmerism. Mesmerism and like... Mesmerized. Um, mesmerized is where we get that word from. Yes. His research is all about like animal magnetism and is his animals. Name, is his name, first name Frank? Yeah. So why isn't it Frank? Frank, Frank is it? Keep going. <laughs> There's not a joke there. I went looking. I like that you persisted. <laughs> you had your torch. You shined <laughs> your torch there. Is there and a you joke here? Like, get nah, out. Aboard. Get out. Abort mission. <laughs> um, his thing was about animals and yes. researching animals, and he believed that. Um, there was some kind of intuitive connection between animals because they can't talk, they can't communicate, something about that. So then he Mm. would research like using like dim lights and flashy hand gestures and speaking in a calm tone to try and replicate (laughs) flashy hand gestures (laughs) and calm tone. Dim lights, flashy hand gestures, calm tone, parenting 101. (laughs) Mesmerizing. Yeah. Yeah, so he, so basically, over many years, a bunch of fucking people argued about it. But the reason why I call it whitewashing is because a lot of the Western influence of these people 
connects back to Eastern meditation, transcendental meditation. So they've just appropriated. They've essentially appropriated and used that as proof that what they're trying to call, you know, mesmerizing and... uh, um, Mesmerism is what yes. he called it, which then became hypnotism. Um, because they, of Gary Hypno. Yeah. So it had already <laughs> happened, which in the earliest form of meditation, we don't know mm. when. It's Buddhism, Taoists, um, sure. all have records. Um, but the description of a hot, the earliest record of a description of a hypnotic state can be found in the writings of Avakena. Maybe I've said that wrong. Mm -hmm. A Persian physician who wrote about a trance in 1027. Wow. Yes. That's early. So the evolution of then hypnosis, Mesmer is working in the 17th century, and then in the 18th century, um, a German... uh, So France was... Oh, France, not Frank. I gave him the wrong name. It's a German physician, and he's known as the modern father. Um, of hypnotizing. But then there's a bunch of researchers, a bunch of different psychologists, a bunch of different physicians who then would research and it all kind of... There was a bunch of fucking white men swinging their dicks around about what was right or wrong. Mm -hmm. Um, There's another guy called Braid who he... um, He's the person who then started researching Eastern tradition and Eastern philosophy and he released a paper in 1843 um, called Magic, Mesmerism, Hypnotism, Historically and Physiologically Considered. Right. And he drew, He was the first person to draw kind of these connections between Eastern philosophy and Western philosophy. Right, in 1843. Through, in 1843, that's, yeah. That's so he's talking about Hindu late. yoga meditation, yeah. other ancient spiritual practices. Right. Um, like human hibernation um and his name was braid and um yeah so he basically lots of argument about it there's a thing called um where is it the scottish school of common sense oh i love that (laughs) So, this is a thing where a group of philosophers... the Scots. The Scottish School of Common Common Sense, Sense. which is a... um, I was like, I need to know what the fuck that is. Scottish Common Sense Realism, also known as the Scottish School of Common Sense, is a realist school of philosophy that originated in the ideas of Scottish philosophers, a bunch of them, during the 18th century. Mm -hmm. Um... They emphasise man's innate ability to perceive common ideas and that this process is inherent in and interdependent without judgment. Right. So they had quite an issue um, with hypnotising and kind of was like common sense, um, physiologic, flat physiology of it. So they're against... They, they, they were, just don't believe it's real well, they or, had, um, or ethical they, concerns? They, yeah, kind of both. Right. Around the definitions right. of it. They had a problem with it. So Mesmer and Braid also went in and changed their definitions of what it actually was doing. Right. Um, I'm trying to find the quote. Because there's like, it feels like there's a certain, I don't know, just culturally in the last 20 years, it seems to have turned a corner from, oh yeah, a weird thing on the fringe to like, oh no, something that is potentially really useful in a therapeutic 
context and has some scientific validity. Yeah. So it's a bit of... So the main reason I want to talk about that is that there's always kind of points of contention around its effectiveness or how we define it. Yeah. Because how Mesmer defined it in terms of animal magnetism and it relating to animals then evolved and changed through more research to be about conscious and unconscious. Freud is in there at some point in the late 18th century as well. It's also really easy to fake in a performative context. Exactly. So it's kind of like transcendental, metaphysical, the magic of it, the spirituality yep. connected to it. So that's why I guess the, the Scots of common sense are kind of going, well, let's actually talk about the science. Let's sort this out. Let's sort this out. It's you not guys. metaphysical at all. Um, yeah, here we go. It appears to me that the general conclusions established by Mesmer's practice with respect to the physical aspects of the principle of imagination – um, are incomparably more curious than if he had actually demonstrated the existence of his boasted science of animal magnetism. Um, nor can I see any good reason why a physician who admits the efficacy of the moral, um, i.e. psychological agents employed by Mesmer, should in the exercise of his position scruple to copy whatever processes are necessary for subjecting them to his command any more than that he should hesitate about employing a new physical agent such as electricity or galvanism. So they're all then kind of like, ooh. So Braid then um, So what, in... what is he saying? He's saying, no, it's no good. So Mesmer's theory, the theory about it, he can't prove that. Right. My theory about kind of conscious, unconscious and psychology is right. Right. Um, the... And that you can get there. You can get to the unconscious through drugging, through... Other instruments. Yes, yeah, and look at these Eastern philosophies of meditation, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. of how we handle the brain. Right, right, right. This is more right. This, this is more hypnosis. Yeah. This is what we're doing. It also brings up interesting. I mean, Freud's really interesting around that time, like really birthing contemporary psychiatry, mm. and he's he's really fucked up. But it brings about hip, hypnosis. I guess philosophically is really confronting because it does suggest there's a very clear binary between conscious and subconscious. Yes. And I'm not sure that that's neurologically been backed up. Well, in 2005, Psychological Hypnosis Division of the American Psychological Association then have republished the definition. Oh, yes, of hypnosis. Yeah. It involves an introduction to the procedure during which the subject is told that suggestions for imaginative experiences will be presented. Mm -hmm. The hypnotic induction is an extended initial suggestion for using one's imagination. So it's that relaxation, suggestibility, and and meditation, essentially. A hypnotic procedure is used to encourage and evaluate responses to suggestions. When using hypnosis, one person is guided by another to respond to suggestions for change in subjective experience, alterations in perception, sensation, emotion, thought, or behavior. Okay. Persons can learn also self-hypnosis, which is the act of administering hypnotic procedures on one's own. If the subject responds to hypnotic suggestions, it is generally inferred that hypnosis can be induced. Many believe that hypnotic responses are experiences are characteristic of a hypnotic state, while some think that it is not necessary to use the word hypnosis um, as part of the hypnotic induction. So that's what they've kind of said as the official, this is what we do in hypnosis. Sure. 
But I, there was one example I listened to that was like, when you watch a movie, mm. you almost put yourself into a hypnotic state. If you were invested in a movie... Then um, you, yeah, your brain kind of shuts down. Shuts down. You're singularly focused. You're not aware of anything else around you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is kind of a form of... Hypnosis. Singularly focused. Yeah, sure. You're not focused on your surroundings. Sure. Um, which, arguably, we're getting worse at because our ability to focus is um, getting worse. Yeah, or we're so engrossed all of the time that our brain isn't getting enough of a break out from that. You know what I mean? Because we're so engrossed in our phone all the time, we're unable to be focused on anything else. Yeah. Yeah, so Freud's psychoanalytic theory, conscious thoughts are being at the surface of the mind and unconscious processes are being deeper in the mind. Yes, um, and hypnotists, hypnotists who believe that responses are meditated primarily by an unconscious mind make use of indirect suggestions such as metaphors or stories who intended meaning may be concealed from the subject's conscious mind. Yeah. It's like subliminal suggestion. Yeah. And the idea is that if you want to quit smoking yeah. or something, that you can implant an idea in a hypnotic state. About the way that smoking feels. Feels or triggers. And that you don't... that. That the yeah subconsciously it can be connected to feeling so you can yeah, be like yeah, yeah. I don't want a cigarette yeah I don't like the taste of them I don't like the smell yeah and that that will then have some effect on your which apparently mind. if you are susceptible to hypnosis because not everyone is it'll work it works and is has a ninety eight percent success rate what really that high particularly smoking wow yeah I then was like okay I want to know about like different stories of hypnosis yeah um and I liked this one. This was from a hypnotist called Scott Sherman. Mm -hmm. Um, I had a gentleman I worked with to help him through his treatment for prostate cancer, an internationally known hypnotist. Uh, That's what he said. Right before his surgery, I did a session with him and recorded it for him to use to control his ability to heal and recover quickly. After his surgery, there's a horrible mistake made. He was given a lethal dose of heparin, a blood thinner. He was hebraging internally, and they were preparing for him to die. He told everyone to put on his recording of his hypnosis session, and he was able to stop his bleeding and raise his blood pressure. It saved his life. The doctors could not explain how he was able to get his blood to clot and stop his hemorrhage with a lethal dose of blood thinner. Wow-wee. Amazing. There was another. There was another one um, around another hypnotist um, who was while they were studying with a young who was working with a young woman with dissociative dissociative identity disorder who had had an experience of severe child um, sexual abuse. And through a hypnotic session, they were um, looking at childhood repressed childhood memories. um, Came to a memory where. The perpetrator was there. Um, And as a child, she had conceptualized him as an evil owl who had removed his sight, her sight with her talons. Mm. And so during this hypnosis session, she lost her vision. Wow. So the memory sparked this kind of body thing in the brain, brain, which she lost her vision. Oh my gosh. And so the the hypnotist was able to navigate a way to pull her out of that hypnosis state and pull her out of the trance 
and she get her sight back yeah she got her sight back but she said this experience taught me not to do age regression with hypnosis for the purpose of memory retrieval because it is too destabilizing for Mm. the patient and the therapist because that's a thing that they say as well is because you are in that capacity to build memory in that unconscious state or attach memory or go into memory or however you've made memory feel like that girl has connected a whole imaginative story to yeah. her perpetrator um it means you can also create what you yeah, think are memories yeah, yeah, yeah. through new stories but through a symbolic and metaphorical language exactly. as opposed to a literal one exactly so then you think something is real isn't the brain weird i wanted to actually I didn't look that up i wanted to look up um you know that quote or the the number that people say that we technically only use a certain percentage which of is our bullshit. brains that is bullshit yeah that is bullshit i was listening to someone who was i listening to a professor who spent their life were looking at attention and focus and how the brain works when we want to give something attention and focus and hmm. any neurobiologist will kind of tell you apparently that that idea is Stupid. Yeah, confirm. There's no scientific evidence that confirms this myth. We use all of our brains all the time. And an average day, humans use nearly 100% of their brains. Yeah. Otherwise, why would we evolve something to That use we only use that, 100%. That needs a tremendous amount of oxygen and blood and hardware, and then only use 10% of it. Well, Kleber, well, well done. Seriously, good research. That's a Have fucking you... intense topic also heard of hypnosis um hypnosis fucking yes. hypnobirthing yeah that was a whole thing we looked into because that's a whole thing that has taken off and then i know i know people who have birthed multiple children and not used it for one birth and then used it for their second or third birth yeah. and changed the game well i can say not wanting to speak for my wife but particularly with our second child where she was able to draw on a lot of meditation mm. skills to like have a moderately easy at peace labor. Yeah. Um, and was in, you know, I was there, was in a kind of different place mentally. Yeah. Like some I kind of. I think that's what they, it's about the control of the body and breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and agency over the pain. Yeah, that's right. It doesn't change the pain, but. It changes your to, relationship with it. And the capacity to breathe. Yeah. And be in your body, be present in your body. So if I was to hypnotize you now, what would you want me to suggest to your subconscious? Oh, I don't know, but I'm curious about whether I could be hypnotized. Are you curious? I'm curious. I reckon we both could in the right circumstances. I'm not sure I, what I would go to a hypnotist for. No, me either. I mean, maybe, you know, to get really motivated to do to pick up a new habit or something oh, i don't yeah. know i just like the idea of having a relaxing sleep that would be good <laughs> that's my favorite yeah <laughs> um because you love you love meditation so i think you well could i go don't there. love it i go through different phases where i find it useful but you can meditate though that's what i'm saying yeah well anyone can meditate you can meditate yeah, but you've practiced. Yeah, <laughs> yes, I've got a bit more experience. Yes, yeah. yeah. I just get too distracted. But that's that's the human experience. That's part of it. Yes, everybody does that. That's very true. Yeah, you, you're not bad at meditation. No one's bad at meditation. No, no I just haven't. Pra- I don't have a meditation 
practice. practice. Indeed. Maybe you could be hypnotized into developing a meditation practice. I'd love that. That would be good, actually. What have you learnt, David? So much about the history of hypnotism, about its scientific validity, but also the human brain is weird, mate. It's an amazing thing. These patterns and stories that we attach to. It's cool. That we have multiple layers of our brain. That There's all these hidden kind of bruise points and just things that we hide in there it's like the way how the brain responds to trauma sometimes that we just go no too painful Mm, we're gonna forget that that's a that's incredible that's huge yeah thanks for being my mate dave thanks for being my mate clever thanks for not being a pain point listening to the show if you'd like to leave a rating and review on whatever service you're listening to this please on, do that would be great that'd be great tell, tell your friends me. tell your mates that's right that's the name of the show i see what you did there <laughs> where can people find you Claire? people can find me on instagram at claire and pearl where can people find you dave people can find me at dave burton writer and if you have a suggestion or a question or would like to point out how much Claire got wrong. <laughs> or how much Dave got wrong. Then you can write us an email at mymatereckons at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you.